show aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Root. Hello, and welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show, episode number 80. Today's main topic is Russian spyware on your phone. I'll get at I'll get to that in the second half of the show. However, before that, I need to do my usual shout out to Danheim, the provider of all the background music. You can look them up on Spotify and numerous other social media websites. Uh, they provide all the music in exchange for acknowledgement. Also, if you're watching online on the live stream and not on Spotify or anything else, you will notice the graphics have changed and I did so for two reasons. Number one, I just like to change things up every now and then and also some of the graphic changes were to meet YouTube's preferred streaming guidance. So I did it for that reason. Also, you can help support this show by subscribing to YouTube or any of my other channel platforms. It helps with the high-tech algorithms that send out recommendations to others. With that done, let's get right into the usual first half of the show called Tidbits. First, number one is a two-part sports-related story. Part one, U.S. President Joe Biden said last Wednesday he expected Russian President Vladimir Putin will be willing to talk more seriously with Washington about a potential prisoner swap to secure the release of U.S. basketball star Brittany Griner. The Biden administration in late July proposed a prisoner swap with Russia to secure Griner's release as well as that of former U.S. Marine Paul Whelan, who was also jailed there, of which Moscow had yet to respond in a positive manner. The two-time Olympic gold medalist was arrested at a Moscow airport with vape cartridges in her luggage containing cannabis oil, which is banned in Russia. You know, one thing I find about this is that the basketball star gets more attention than the U.S. Marine. It should be the other way around. Anyway, the story goes on to say that she was sentenced in early August to nine years in a penal colony on charges of possessing and smuggling drugs. She did plead guilty, but said she had made an honest mistake and had not meant to break the law. Last week, Russian authorities transferred Griner from a detention center outside Moscow and is now on her way to an undisclosed penal colony, and I'm sure that's not good news for her. The move drew anger from the Biden administration, and as I stated a little bit earlier, you know, let's just make sure that any prisoner swap is an even deal. I mean, if we've got a computer hacker, a Russian computer hacker, which kind of ties in with the main story today, who we're holding prisoner and we're swapping that person for a basketball star, well, that's not an even swap. Uh, Brittany, you should have known better. You know, you're going to a communist country. Part two of the story is, uh, let me get to it 
former FIFA president, and that's the Worldwide Soccer Federation, basically, Sepp Blatter thinks Iran should be barred from the World Cup that's coming up shortly amid widespread protest in the Islamic Republic sparked by the death of a woman in custody of morality police, according to a Swiss paper. Quote, Iran should be excluded from the World Cup, said Blatter. Unquote. He believes in harsh consequences and that he would have removed Iran from competition had he still been in charge. So he believes that innocent athletes should be punished for what their government does, especially when it comes to alleged human rights abuses. You know, so these athletes are training forever trying to go to the World Cup, win a title for their country. Well, let's face it, Iran doesn't have a chance in Hades of winning. You know, you train all your life for this, and you shouldn't be there simply because your government's a bunch of despots. That's not right to the athletes. Iran has accused foreign enemies of fomenting unrest since the death of an Iranian Kurdish woman in September after her arrest for allegedly flouting Iran's strict dress code imposed on women. Blatter, 86, so he's another old guy like Biden, made waves last week by saying it had been a mistake to award Qatar the hosting rights to the World Cup, which begins on November 20th. Well, it is what it is, and it's too late to do anything now. Number two. More than 1,000 shipments of solar energy components worth hundreds of millions of dollars have been piled up at U.S. ports since June under a new law banning imports from China's Xinjiang region over concerns about slave labor, according to federal customs officials and industry sources. So again, innocent people paying the price for human rights violations elsewhere. The level of seizures, which had not been previously been reported, reflects how a policy intended to put pressure on Beijing over its Uyghur detention camps risks slowing the Biden administration's efforts to decarbonize the U.S. power sector to fight climate change. U.S. Customs and Border Protection has seized over 1,000 shipments of solar energy equipment between June 21st and October 25th, adding that none of the shipments have been released. The shipments generally account for up to one-third of U.S. panel supplies, one-third people. As a result, the three Chinese companies that are involved in this have halted new shipments to the United States over concerns additional cargoes will also be detained. Solar installations in the U.S. slowed by 23% in the third quarter even though the third quarter usually is good weather, and nearly 23 gigawatts of solar projects are delayed, largely due to an inability to obtain panels, which, as I said, have been blocked. So basically what we got is an, admi uh, an administration that wants to do solar, but then they put laws in place that delay solar. That's how the government brain works. Number three, a federal judge in Texas on Thursday ruled that President Joe Biden's plan to cancel hundreds of billions of dollars in student loan debt was unlawful. Yay! And must be vacated. Yay! Basically, it's dead, at least for now. 
The debt relief plan had already been temporarily blocked by another judge in St. Louis's 8th U.S. Court of Appeals while it considers a request by some Republican-led states to enjoin it while they appealed the dismissal of their own lawsuit. About 26 million Americans had applied for student loan forgiveness, and the U.S. Department of Education had already approved requests from 16 million of those. The Congressional Budget Office in September calculated the debt forgiveness would eliminate about $430 billion of the $1.6 trillion in outstanding student debt and that over 40 million people were eligible to benefit. Yay! Handout, handouts, handouts. The judge stated, quote, In this country, we are not ruled by an all-powerful executive with a pen and a phone. Instead, we are ruled by a constitution that provides for three distinct and independent branches of government. So this judge understands how the constitution is supposed to work, at least in this case, but I'm sure he probably doesn't have that attitude about everything. All we have here is just more politicians coming up with handouts that encourage people not to be responsible adults. This should die and it should stay dead. Number four, Toyota, Volkswagen, Hyundai, and other major automakers are on track to sell 400 million more diesel and gas vehicles than is feasible to stave off the worst effects of climate change, according to the Green Wackos, a.k.a. Greenpeace. That's right. Transportation currently makes up 25% of fuel-related greenhouse gas emissions globally, with half of that coming from passenger cars. Many automakers have pledged to phase out the sale of gas and diesel vehicles by the end of the decade in favor of electric vehicles, but the damage to the climate will already have been done by then, according to Greenpeace. The group determined that in order to prevent global temperatures from rising above the 1.5 degrees Celsius threshold, no more than 315 million new diesel and petrol vehicles can be sold worldwide. However, Toyota is projected to sell 2.6 times the maximum number of gas and diesel vehicles necessary to mitigate the worst effects of climate change, or 63 million extra vehicles. Hyundai and its subsidiary Kia are expected to sell 2.4 times the maximum number. Volkswagen is predicted to sell 2.1 times the maximum number. And General Motors is projected to sell 1.6 times the number of gas and diesel vehicles. I'll say it before and I'll say it again. Until one can recharge an EV as fast as pouring gas into a tank, I'm not going to be one person who's going to go electric. No. Number five, the United States will keep in place the public health emergency status of the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh my, allowing millions of Americans to still receive free tests, free vaccines, and free treatments, according to two Biden administration officials last Friday. Remember when Biden said the pandemic was over? Well, not if it means he can do another handout. It's not Duh. The possibility of a winter surge in COVID cases and the need for more time to transition out of public health emergency to a private market 
were two factors that contributed to the decision not to end the emergency status in January. The public health emergency was initially declared in January of 2020, and it never seems to end. The government in August began signaling it planned to let it expire in January, but why stop government spending? We haven't let anything else stop it. When the emergency finally does expire, if ever, the government will begin to transfer COVID health care to private insurance and government health care plans. With that, we're going to hit the promo section. I'll see you back in about 50 seconds. things Dakota Rustler related, please visit dakotarustler.org. The website contains links to media sites, a merchandise store, and a button to donate to the show. Your support helps to pay for expenses of production, as well as research time. Feedback is appreciated, and comments or topic ideas can be sent to the email address listed on the website. Sponsorships are also available if you have a business to promote. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Dakota Rustler Show, and we're going to get into the main story. But before that, I just want to reiterate what Arbel just told you. You can help support this show by going to patreon.com slash Dakota Rustler and becoming a member for as little as $2 a month. That's not even $25 a year, people. So please consider doing that. All right, let's get on with the main topic, Russian software. Well, Russian spyware, actually, on your phone. You probably don't think you have it, but in all likelihood, you do. Russian software, disguised as American software, finds its way into U.S. Army, CDC apps, and many others. In this story from Reuters, thousands of smartphone applications in Apple and Google's online stores contain computer code developed by a technology company called Pushwoosh that presents itself as based in the United States, but is actually based in Russia. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention said it had been deceived into believing Pushwoosh was based in the U.S. capital. After learning about its Russian roots, it removed Pushwush software from seven public-facing apps citing security concerns. The U.S. Army said it had removed an app containing Pushwush code in March because of the same concerns. That app was used by soldiers at one of the country's main combat training bases. Can you see any national security issues there, people? It obviously is not a good thing. According to company documents publicly filed in Russia, Pushwush is headquartered in the Siberian town of Novosibirsk, however you pronounce it, Novosibirsk, where it is registered as a software company that also carries out data processing, data collection, view it that way. It employs around 40 people and has reported revenue of 2.4 million U.S. dollars last year. 
Pushwurst is also registered with the Russian government to pay taxes in Russia. On social media and in U.S. regulatory filings, however, it presents itself as a U.S. company based at various times in California, Maryland, and Washington, D.C. So what is Pushwush? Well, Pushwush provides code and data processing support for software developers, enabling them to profile the online activity of smartphone app users and send tailor-made push notifications from Pushwush servers. So if you have push notifications on any of your apps on your phone, there is a good chance you've got the Russian spyware in it. On its website, Pushwush says it does not collect sensitive information, and Reuters found no evidence Pushwush mishandled user data. However, let me be clear, Russian authorities have compelled local companies to hand over user data to domestic security agencies. So while your information may not be sold to third-party people, uh, if the Russians want it, they're gonna get it. The creator of the company says, quote, or he has no connection with the Russian government of any kind, so he says, and he stores its data in the United States and in Germany. Problem is, cybersecurity experts say storing data overseas would not prevent Russian intelligence agencies from compelling a Russian firm to cede access to that data, your data. Pushwush code was installed in the apps of a wide array of international companies, nonprofits, and government agencies, from global consumer goods company Unilever to Union of European Football Associations, which is European soccer, to the National Rifle Association, so they might know who has guns, and Britain's Labour Party. Ain't that just fantastic? Pushwush's business with the U.S. government agencies and private companies could violate contracting and U.S. Federal Trade Commission laws or trigger, my favorite word, sanctions, according to 10 legal experts. The FBI, the U.S. Treasury, and the FTC declined to comment, which of course is never a good sign when they don't want to tell you something. Washington could choose to impose sanctions on Pushwush and has broad authority to do so through a 2021 executive order that gives the United States the ability to target Russia's technology sector over malicious cyber activity. How widespread is this? Pushwush code has been embedded into almost 8,000 apps in the Google and Apple app stores. Pushwush's website says it has more than 2.3 billion, let me repeat that, 2.3 billion devices listed in its database. So like I said, your devices are probably among those 2.3 billion. According to an expert, Quote, we haven't found any clear sign of deceptive or malicious intent in Pushwush's activity, but that certainly doesn't diminish the risk of having app data leaking to Russia, unquote. Some large companies and organizations that included UFA and Unilever said third parties set up the apps for them or they thought they were hiring a U.S. company. 
The NRA said its contract with the company ended last year and it was not aware of any issues. Britain's Labour Party, like some of our government agencies, did not respond to request for comment. The data Pushwish collects is similar to data that could be collected by Facebook, Google, or Amazon, which we all know collects everything. But the difference, of course, is that all the push-whoosh data in the U.S. is sent to servers controlled by a company in Russia, said a security researcher who first spotted the prevalence of the code while working for Internet Safety Labs, a nonprofit organization. So they didn't even know this was happening until he happened upon it. In U.S. regulatory filings and on social media, push-whoosh never mentions its Russian links. The company lists Washington, D.C. as its location on Twitter and claims its address, its office address, is a house in the suburbs of Kensington, Maryland, according to corporation filings submitted to Delaware Secretary of State. It also lists the Maryland address on its Facebook and LinkedIn profiles. The address in Kensington is the home of a Russian friend of Pushwush's creator. He said he had nothing to do with Pushwoosh and had only agreed to allow its creator to use his address to receive mail. Pushwoosh never mentioned it was a Russian based in eight annual filings with the U.S. state of Delaware where it is registered, an omission which could violate state law. Instead, Pushwoosh listed an address in Union City, California as its principal place of business from 2014 to 2016. However, that address doesn't even exist, according to Union City officials. Pushwoosh used LinkedIn accounts purportedly belonging to two Washington, D.C.-based executives named Mary Brown and Noah O'Shea to, the, to solicit sales, who... Guess what? Also don't exist. The one belonging to Brown was actually that of an Austria-based dance teacher who told Reuters she had no idea how it ended up on the site. The creator acknowledged the accounts were not genuine, so he admitted it. He said Pushwush hired a marketing agency in 2018 to create them in an attempt to use social media to sell Pushwush, not to mask the company's Russian origins. Now, with all that done and all that said, there wasn't anything in this story that I could find or anywhere else online about whether disabling the push notifications would keep you safer. But even if you have them disabled, the coding is still there. And we all know how big tech loves to lie. They say they're not collecting data, but then we find out they are anyway. So... What I do for my personal self is I've always turned push notifications off. I just don't like being annoyed by constant notifications unless it's something I think I want to, you know, need to attend to right away. My message app, I have the notifications on. Obviously, phone notifications are on, but all my app notifications are off. And generally, if you've heard me in previous podcasts, I don't even use apps. I've advised everyone out there, don't use apps. Go straight to the websites that these apps obtain to. You know, 
forget these apps every app is proprietary it's gonna spy on you somewhere down the line so with that i'm gonna call it another podcast just for the record i don't really plan on doing one next week it's thanksgiving plus i'll have to also have to take someone to the hospital for a knee replacement surgery a couple days ahead of that so i may be helping her out so i'm not gonna do a live stream next week i may however do a small podcast on how to get non-kindle books on your kindle i've been wanting to do that for a while so maybe i'll get that together next week sometime and put that out there so until then you know the mantra question (laughs) question authority and always be free gotta love live Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their affiliates. Any unauthorized use of this show is prohibited. Until next time, have a great day, and don't forget to subscribe.